Hi, and welcome to IOL Radio. I'm Amy Peltier, Managing Editor of IO Learning, a digital publication geared toward interventional oncologists. My guests today are from the Bush Center, a clinic in Alpharetta, Georgia, that is dedicated to the screening, diagnosis, and treatment of prostate cancer. Dr. Joseph J. Bush, Jr. is the clinic's oncological radiologist and has over 40 years of experience in diagnostic radiology. He runs the clinic with his multi-talented wife, Kathy, who has 40 years of radiology imaging experience. Earlier this year, the clinic added Profound Medical's Tulsa system to its treatment options. Tulsa, also called inside-out ablation, uses a unique cooling system to provide thermal protection of important anatomy. Dr. Bush and Kathy are here today to discuss how Tulsa has impacted their clinical procedures and patient outcomes. Dr. Bush, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the Bush Center? What sets it apart from other imaging centers? Yeah, the Bush Center was uh, really a a dream of some of our patients that uh, had experienced what we do with people. In other words, we're, we're very personable with our patients. We're not in a hurry. Uh, they may spend a, uh, an, an, an hour with us. Um, in other words, I want my patients to be educated as to why they're here. What, what, what are you doing here? I mean, you're looking for prostate cancer. Normally, the PSA is elevated. They have to be educated the fact that most of the time, that's not going to be cancer. And so relax, Uh, we will do an MRI to see if there is a cancer. And the way we do our techniques, if uh, we have a 95, actually I'd say it's higher than 95% negative predictive value. In other words, if you walk out of this office and we tell you you don't have cancer, you take that to the bank over 95%. And of course you gotta understand that Kathy and I have been doing this 12 years we're in the latest generation of MRIs that can do things that a lot of MRIs cannot do. You mentioned that the center opened about 12 years ago. I know you and Kathy have worked together a lot longer than that. So, Kathy, can you tell me a little bit about your role at the Bush Center? I assist Dr. Bush. I've assisted Dr. Bush for 25 years. Uh, we started out in cancer 25 years ago, and we started the um, uh, prostate imaging 12 years ago, and we did all of our training in Europe because there was no one in America that was, that was educating or teaching uh, doctors and technologists how to perform uh, prostate MR images, how to read MR prostate scans. And Dr. Bush and I went to the Netherlands and we both trained there. I trained with the technologist on how to scan and Dr. Bush read with the doctor, Dr. Yelly Barents there. Interesting. And then you and Dr. Bush also did your training on the Tulsa procedure in Europe. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience there? Dr. Bush and I took our first American to Europe to have the Tulsa procedure with Dr. Jurgen Futterer. And that was in 2015. And that was right after the TAC trial had completed. And Dr. Futterer had done his 
10 patients for the TAC trial. So you began taking patients to Europe about six years ago and then integrated Tulsa into the practice at the Bush Center in early 2020. Dr. Bush, can you tell us a little bit more about Tulsa and go over the different components of the Tulsa technology? Is it a piece of equipment that can be added to a standard MR scanner? Yeah, it, it's complementary. First of all, it's you're using thermal energy to destroy cells. The goal is to ablate the tissue at 55 degrees centigrade. So the name of the game in Tulsa is thermography. We were the first people in the United States to have the thermography software. And, and so what Tulsa really does, it's, it's highly controlled and, and highly directional ultrasound. In other words, it's composed of an applicator. Then the second component is extremely important. It's a rectal device or an endorectal cooling device that you must properly place in the rectum to keep the rectal wall cool and prevent any entry to the rectal wall at these high temperatures. And then the third part of it, of course, is, is the, the pumps. Uh, that you're actually circulating water through the rectum and through the penile and prosthetic urethra constantly. In other words, it's flowing in and it's flowing out. And of course, what does that mean? Well, it, it preserves the urethral lining of the penis and the uh, prostate gland. So they're not destroyed with the heat. And then the same way with the rectum. I mean, to my knowledge, there's been no rectal injuries at all in the, and probably now thousands of patients have been done across the world. And the same way with the urethra, if you perform the procedure correctly, which we do, uh, you don't burn the urethra either. And then the last component is the computer controller. Uh, and of course, that's the secret sauce that, that uh, I don't know about that the company, they, that's, that's what they work out. And then of course, another very important part of Tulsa is, is the anesthesia that our nurse anesthetist has worked out. Okay. Now, when I spoke with you in April, you had only done uh, just your first few patients in the United States, and you were very excited about the low complication rates and the, just the potential for this uh, for your patients. Uh, has that been borne out? Are you really happy with the results now that you've got a few months under your belt? Very happy with the results. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I bet you that if you, we've now done 55 <laughs> patients, and I bet they do it again. I mean, they're, they really... I videoed a man that's 78 years old that I did this week and, and he, and I bladed his entire gland because he had a very serious cancer. And I had to take a video of him. He looked so good walking down the hall after I'd done all that. And, and keep in mind, that's a prostatectomy is what that is. And, uh, he was smiling at me and thanking me. And I, I thought, you know, this is just too good. I got to take a, a video before he goes home think about that first of all 78 years old he'd be at high risk to go to major surgery he would be mm -hmm. and then number two even if he went to surgery he'd be he would be going into the intensive care unit you know for hours till they make sure he's stable and then he would be going into the hospital bed for you know two or three days 
and then he's going to be wearing a catheter for two weeks. And then he, you know, he's going to have pads for months, probably, if, if not forever, because he's 78 years old. And you have to really be cognizant of these men's sphincters, you know, that's, that's important. Um, so, or if he had chosen the other route, radiation, they would have uh, given him chemical castration for at least two to three months. And then after that, they would, although in, under his condition, they would probably want to castrate him at least a year. Uh, and, and then you have to go to the radiation center every day for six or eight weeks, every day. So the one thing about it's nice about Tulsa is it's one and you're done. It lags on with you as your catheter. And, we, and Kathy and I try to get the catheter out of the patient. And depending on how much we ablate, anywhere from three days to 10 days. What is the typical follow-up after the Tulsa procedure at your clinic? Kathy's also in charge of the post-operative care. She stays in contact with our patients. The color of their urine, how much urine's coming out, how are they doing with the catheter, are they having any bladder spasms? There's a lot to this to making a patient very comfortable with, with the post-procedure. I think it's one of the things why our patients do so well, because Kathy is so intense about the post-operative care. Tell me, how has having Tulsa available there changed the workflow for you, Kathy? Has that uh, really just changed your day-to-day -day life at the practice? It's changed everybody's life at the practice, to be honest. Roland, our technologist, you know, he's all, he's on the phone with the patients um, like a week before the procedure. He's, he's explaining to the patients about um, the antibiotics, um, the pre-care. And then Carrie's talking to the patients about the time to get here and what to wear when you get here, before you get here, and um, the hotels. You know, it's, it's a full practice that you have to deal with. And so after the procedure, that's when the work really begins. The patients come back the day after the procedure to go over the uh, treatment process with Dr. Bush, and they see the images, and then if they have any questions about the catheter, about anything um, in relation to the catheter, you know, they always forget what they should have read before they got here. So, <laughs> so they ask about, you know, when can I go back to work? When can I lift? When can I have sex? I hear from the patients every day. They either text or call every day that they have their catheter in, and they give me the uh, volume of urine, the color, and if there's any discomfort. And and the interesting thing about the post-op with Tulsa treatment, we don't give any kind of medication for pain after the procedure. The patients very seldom need anything. And if they need anything, it will be a Tylenol or ibuprofen. You don't hear that after a surgical procedure. After you ablate the tissue, the, the way the cancer leaves the body is with the macrophage cells, the, the, the scavenger cells, clean it up and move it out. 
And then some of the dead tissue actually falls out or you pee it out, which, as you know, the body's tough. Our immune systems really put down a lot of disease. Some people are now saying that the Tulsa procedure actually enhances the immune system. I talked about that this week with the developers of Tulsa. And the good thing about the Tulsa procedure that we have learned is it's ablating of the prostate tissue. It's not only ablating the cancer. If the patient has an enlarged prostate, Dr. Bush can treat the benign prostatic hypertrophy or the BPH with the, that the gentleman has. And you would be surprised the number of men out there that have an enlarged prostate that don't sleep very long at night because of having to get up to urinate. We have men that have that get up every 20 minutes to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And it's worse than having a newborn baby. We sometimes have to take a new picture of our patients when they come back six months after their treatment because they're sleeping all night and they look like a new human. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very, since we've talked to you before now, you know, now that institutions like Johns Hopkins, Mayo Clinic, Massachusetts General, UCLA, uh, Texas Southwestern, now these big institutions have picked up on Tulsa, I think the medical community is, is going to become more aware of it. Another thing that's totally different with us and these large institutions and the research institutions is that we have a personal relationship with our patient before the procedure. Both Dr. Bush and I and Roland and Carrie and Jeannie, we all have had communication. We've talked to the patient. Uh, sometimes our patients come in three or four times before their procedure just to have more consultations with all of us, because it's a big step to have a cancer treatment. And so what the difference between us and the large institutions is the, the physicians that are doing the procedures in the larger institutions, they may only meet the patient prior to the procedure and they'll never see that patient again. And what's gonna happen is with all the post-op care, they're, they're gonna get a discharge note and they'll have to call their urologist to ask them questions and the urologist will have no clue of what they need to do if there are complications. For instance, we had a gentleman that had a whole gland treatment and his urine stream was, had decreased. And what happened is he had a piece of prostate tissue that needed to be pushed out. So he had to work, take ibuprofen and, and urinate that piece of tissue out. And his stream went back to normal after that. And so, you know, where are the men going to turn when they have questions? She's very intense on the post-operative care. That's why they like us so much, to be honest with you. It's the full package. Do you have any follow-up results yet? Have you seen any recurrence of disease? We've had 10 patients return out of the 55 
uh, for their six or nine month returns and we have no evidence of recurrent disease. Also, the business about sleeping all night and peeing better and feeling better, it's been important. As an old physician that's been practicing 50 years, as I tell a lot of my patients, this technology is almost too good. It's, it's got to have some flaws in it somewhere. It, it, there are some people you can't treat, uh, and, and there are reasons for that technically. Uh, but uh, So not everybody can be treated. And then, of course, what we're looking at is can we use it uh, uh, beyond what, what was it originally intended for? For instance, I was talking to a gentleman from New York that's coming down here to be treated, and he said, Dr. Bush, one of the reasons I want you all to do a Tulsa is because you don't burn a bridge with Tulsa. I can still go have radiation if the cancer comes back. Two of our patients that were treated were already treated with radiation. And the cancer came back in the gland and we retreated them and they did fine. Why not just re-Tulsa them? Uh, if we're using Tulsa to retreat the gland, why not use Tulsa to retreat Tulsa? Now, they don't have any studies on that. The FDA approval is ablation of prostate tissue. And we've treated men with single cancer, 25% of their gland, 50% of their gland, 75% and 100% of their gland treated. Uh, we've, we've done palliative care. We've done post-radiation gland treatments with recurrence. And it's open what can be done. Kathy, what have you learned over the course of the 55 patients? Have any of your procedures changed? Patient prep is a big deal. We started out prepping the patients the day before, and now we're, we're two to two and a half days prior to with clear liquids. It slows down the process if, if the patient's not clean. How about you, Dr. Bush? You mentioned back in April that you hope to speed up your procedure times. Is that something that's happened over the course of the 55 patients? What, what really takes long, and I didn't expect this, to me the hard part of Tulsa is this. Once the applicator is put into the prostate gland, which takes Kathy and I to get that squared away about five, 10 minutes, we usually get it squared away. Uh, that's not the hard part. Then you have to take pictures of the prostate. And if you think about it, the applicator has 10 transducers on it. And so you have to do a 3D treatment plan on all 10 positions. And that can take 4, 30, 40, 50 minutes to do that because you're, you're contouring where you're treating. Now, you know where you're going to treat, uh, but we're doing more sophisticated treatment. We're doing partial gland treatments. Uh, the other treatment, what most urologists are going to want to treat the whole gland. Uh, there's advantages to that. There are some people who definitely ought to have a whole gland treatment. And there are some people that got a little 10 millimeter tumor and, and the rest of the gland is pristine. Um, yeah, could there be microscopic disease in it? Yes, there could, but nobody knows what that means. Nobody knows what microscopic disease inside the gland means. Matter of fact, it's very controversial. How big does the tumor have to be to really be significant? We, we know in the breast, we have very good ideas in the breast, how big the tumors 
what that means to the woman on her chances of survival. In the prostate gland, we don't really, we don't have the size concept down yet. Are you aware of any ongoing clinical trials on the Tulsa procedure? Yeah, the TAC trial has been reinstituted. As a matter of fact, the TAC trial, which is an international trial, uh, which was really used to get FDA approval, and the TAC trial, they compared it to prostatectomy. Uh, and what they, what they were looking for was, of course, they wanted, uh, there were a number of endpoints to the trial. Number one, they, they, they wanted no evidence of cancer at, at different time points. And they also were looking at uh, a reduction in the PSA at different time points. Well, obviously they achieved that with the TAC trial and therefore the FDA approved it. Now, along with that, they were very interested in the side effects and the toxicity of, of Tulsa. In other words, and what they were able to show in the field of erectile dysfunction and, uh, and urinary incontinence and rectal injury and urethral injury and all these other issues, uh, they were superior to all other treatments. And of course, this is whole gland treatment. This is not partial gland treatment. The TAC trial requires the entire gland be ablated. Now it was limited to three plus fours and three plus threes. And, and I think they did have some four plus threes as well. There were no eights, there were no Gleason eights, no Gleason nines and no Gleason 10. Now, so far we have successfully treated Gleason eights and Gleason nines provided the whole body workup with PSMA and whole body diffusion weighted imaging was negative, then we agreed, if the patient agreed, to treat the whole gland if they wanted to do that. But we have to, we have to tell them there's been no studies, there's been no evidence-based medicine that this will be a successful treatment. Has COVID-19 had a large effect on the operations of your clinic? We're very proud of the fact that even during COVID, uh, we, we, we've had zero infections, uh, no problems with, granted, we, we've had to delay some patients coming to see us because they had COVID, uh, but, uh, but by following the rules, uh, we biopsy people every day, every week, and we treat people every week, and there's been no complications. Uh, so that's been that's been a real asset for us. In other words, where a hospital shut down and would not take elective prostate biopsies, we've already scanned the patient, biopsied the patient, and treated the patient before they would have been able to even get back to their doctor. Any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add about Tulsa or your work at the Bush Center? I really believe that this is going to be one of the mainstays treatments in the future. And it's also going to be benign prostatic hypertrophy treatment too. And, and there's some interesting issues with palliative care as well. We, we couldn't accomplish, Dr. Bush couldn't accomplish without Mrs. Bush. I mean, uh, Kathy, she knows everything that I know. We, we really work as a team together. We couldn't do it without the whole Bush team. Team, right. That wraps up this episode of IOL Radio. Thank you to Dr. Joseph Bush Jr. and Kathy Bush for being my guest today. To learn more about their work in the screening, diagnosis, and treatment of prostate cancer, including treatment with the Tulsa procedure, 
please visit www.bushcenter.com.